Welcome to the Allendale Market Talk podcast. This is Greg McBride and Mike Lung. Today we're going to go ahead and just jump right into talking about this week's November WASDE report, but we're going to approach it from a little bit of a different perspective. Uh, we're going to talk about the uh, the analysts and and the estimates, uh, and we'll see kind of where uh, where this leads us. But Mike, we I think you and I were on the same page. We had some differing opinions about uh, some of these numbers that uh, came out on these uh, these estimated uh, ranges of where the ending stocks were. Yeah, it was a pretty interesting uh, spread between who was estimating what, why. And if you're looking at it from the numbers and speaking specifically about corn, if you're taking the whole lump of the numbers – put them in a spreadsheet and finding the standard deviation, which is where most of them would fall. If you go outside that standard deviation, you got six of the analysts looking on the lower end of things while two are above. And what's that showing is that these lower estimates, the ones that are far outlying, are bringing down the whole average. Well, and let's let's talk about this. Let's go uh, in a little bit of a review here. Is last month on the October report, they were at one point nine two nine for uh, carryout for for new crop corn. Mm-hmm. This month, I think the the averages, depending on which which source you get your your numbers from, are anywhere from one point eight zero billion carryout to one point eight two billion carryout. I'm just trying to to wrap my head around this because I just don't see a I don't see yield coming down enough to to uh, really impact the production uh, or even the the harvested acres coming down enough to impact production uh, to bring that uh, that ending stock number down. Looking at demand, I mean we're 48 percent behind on sales for the year for corn. We're 60 percent behind on shipments. The demand is not there. We all know the issues we've got with ethanol. How are you lowballing these these estimates to come in at 1.4 billion carryout? That's what we were looking at back in June when we were still trying to figure out if we were going to be able to plant a crop or not. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that to me, it just seems extremely irresponsible to be putting out these these numbers. And I understand everybody wants to be bullish and we want to try and see higher prices, but. When you're when you're affecting the overall average guess to make it look so bullish, and then let's say the USDA kicks the can, they don't make any kind of a change, you automatically have a bearish report then. Mm-hmm. And then what's that do to prices? Yeah, and it, it's something that every single month since August, we were, you had the trade saying, well, they have to lower yields, they have to do this, they have to bring carrier out down. And it's another case of that. And the most interesting thing, and I use interesting lightly, it's more frustrating, is that these estimates that are sitting below 1.7, which is where that uh, first standard deviation would lie, are actually calling for the exports to increase on this report, which, based on what we know, based on what you just stated about exports being so far behind pace, I think irresponsible is the best way to put it. It is irresponsible to come out here and bring this whole average down in order to make it look more bullish from your picture. Because when you're doing that, you're setting the trade up for failure. Now, what do you, I mean, 
what do you have to gain by that? Are you using that? And I don't want to get too conspiracy theorist here, but are you using that to bring in new clients and say, hey, this is where these numbers should be. We're fighting the USDA on this by by putting out these lowball numbers. We need to get the accounts open and we need to get you, uh, get you long this market because this thing's going to take off. When the USDA finally recognizes that we don't have a crop out there, then we're going to see we're going to see prices go right back up to 460 or 470. Is that I mean is that kind of the mentality we think or is it just they have a different way of quantifying these numbers? I mean there's definitely different ways to quantify what you're looking at why the variables are different but the way I'm looking at it, it's either one yes that's 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 probably the reason is cuz as you know and I know it's a lot easier to get clients when you're always bullish because everyone wants to be long in this market. They want prices to go up and as they should want yeah, them to go up because you got crop the on the field. Yeah. But it's either greed and wanting new accounts or just flat out irresponsible stupidity. I mean, to put out numbers like that at this time of year when on average, the USDA out of the last 19 reports have only raised yields twice and those were in yield years that we were exporting great amount of numbers but if you're looking at the other side eight of those years they cut nine they left neutral so why would you take it less than a 10 percent or a little bit over 10 percent of what we've done in the past and on those years that we did raise it were great export years why would you take that and put it into a year like this just because you want to lower carry out just because you want to bring that average down what you're doing here is you're bringing the whole average down and if this carryout comes out anywhere close to where it was last month, which I'm pretty confident it will do. Or higher. Or higher, yeah. yeah. Then then this market's going to tank. Yeah, and that's uh, unfortunately, and, you know, looking at just, just with the customers that I've talked to, the f- corn is not a failure. Yes, we've got some, some issues out there. Mm-hmm. And, it, and the, yeah, they're, they're fairly well spread uh, or widespread, but... We're not talking about guys that normally produce 240 bushel corn coming in with 120 bushel corn. These guys are, yes, maybe they're down to 210 or 215 or in some cases on the on the lower end of 185. They're still producing. They're still seeing yields coming out. And we're very early in, in harvest, too. I mean, shoot, mm-hmm. we're halfway through harvest right now. You right. still have a lot out there. Mm-hmm. And from what I've talked to some of my guys about, the late planted stuff is even doing better than some of the early earlier stuff or just as good. Yeah, they got a great season for the later planted stuff. It got the heat, the rain, everything it needed when it needed it. And we were able to delay that frost far enough that it, it didn't absolutely destroy the crop. Yeah. So I have been hearing better reports. And with that in mind, again, it just goes back to I, I can't believe that you have these outliers that are bringing the whole thing down and just really from a research, from a advisor standpoint, being reckless. Yeah, and, and you know, a lot of a lot of guys are, are still talking about acres and the acres story is over. The only acres story that matters now is harvested acres. And at this point, USDA is not gonna change very much on this uh, on this report, considering that they've got that final number that's going to come out in January. So mm-hmm. we're you're, we're only halfway through harvest for what they expect. They're not going to make a big change on this report. 
and we know in December they're they're kicking the can. They're not going to make a change. Right. So this is your last chance before you get to that January report. And with half the crop out in the field still, they're not going to make that change. There's just no way it's going to happen. So looking at yields, what they do last month? They increased the yield slightly. Mm-hmm. You know, your harvested acres probably doesn't change much. Maybe it goes down 100,000 acres. That's nothing in the grand scheme of things when you've planted 90 and you're expecting to harvest 82. Mm-hmm. You know, so the at the end of the day, it's it's a little frustrating when you're trying to talk to customers and you're telling them, well, you know, the estimates look bullish, and corn especially. We're not talking necessarily beans just yet, but the estimates look bullish. But the reality of the situation is more we need to be a little defensive on this report because there isn't many times going into November that we are going to see bullishness out of this thing right that we didn't see before mm-hmm. you know usually if they kind of tip their hat in september or october yeah we could see some bullishness coming in in november but we haven't had a really bullish report since june a, a bullish wazi report that is right and even after that then it was you know pretty much everything was higher than expected mm-hmm. yeah the only surprise we had was that quarter three report mm-hmm. but it, it, it's it's very hard to look at those numbers and know that with everything we have this year, with the want to be bullish all year because we weren't able to get the crop in, and then we started to see that wasn't so much the issue because we got it in, uh, and we're working with these numbers. And on top of that, just because you're looking and this might be another reason maybe they're looking in their backyard and these specific firms are just seeing what's going on in their immediate area yeah maybe they're there's somebody up in north dakota or south dakota or minnesota that got just absolutely slammed a few weeks ago mm-hmm. but i mean to put these numbers out i i can't state it enough it's just irresponsible at this point well, let's let's shift gears let's talk about uh, about the soybeans because i'm looking at these soybean numbers and you know, slight decrease in ending stocks. Uh, you know, I don't think really much of a change in in yields or, or production. Um, demand has been okay, mm-hmm. not great, but it's you know, let's look at the where it was over year over year. Ten uh, percent higher on uh, on sales. I think eleven uh, percent higher or ten percent higher in in shipments. So we're doing something. We don't have a China deal yet, but. I don't think you could you could really make much of a case for extremely lower or extremely higher on ending stocks. Just gonna up twenty to forty or down twenty to forty million bushels. That's yeah. The soybean number looks a lot better, a lot easier to grasp than the corn number does at this point. I I'd agree. There's not much, not any huge indicator that we should be leaning hard one way or another here. Right. And um, production's down this year anyway, so. Mm-hmm. That'll that'll kind of help uh, help drive things along, which is something that you know when we had that big switch over to corn uh, back in in June. Um, so I don't know I, I, at this point. I still don't know that I can get fully bullish just yet on on beans. Uh, obviously, we have to monitor South America um, and their production or their production issues. Are they going to be dry or anything like that? But I think uh, for right now, um, the biggest the biggest hurdle we have 
is going to be that corn. Mm-hmm. Um, it just looks bearish from any which way you slice it. And a lot of people talking about uh, ethanol and, oh, well, we're going to see. No, we haven't seen any changes to that. They had this big giant package that they were releasing and that wasn't really much of a change demands down mm-hmm. um, so I mean I don't know uh, that there's much to get too excited about on this report I mean the wheat numbers what a slight decrease in ending stocks yeah nothing huge there either. yeah so I mean really the the biggest concern I have and I think that that we all have uh, in this office is if the USDA leaves ending stocks the same for corn mm-hmm. and or even increases slightly, just slightly, how far down can that take the corn price? Given that your your average guess right now is over a hundred million bushels lower than where we were last month. Mm-hmm. So looking back at the at the prices, uh looking back fourteen 15, 16, 17, 18. And the seasonality of corn dropping the first two weeks of uh, November, well, the last several years, going back to that 14 year, we have been sub 365 every single year in that midpoint of June or midpoint of November. And that's 15 cents roughly from where we stand today. Yep. It's, it's within. Spitting distance, it's not far, especially with how this market's been moving all year. That's, I mean, that could very easily just be a one-day move. Right. And we've been there already. We were there back in, what, at the lows in September with uh, 350, two and a half or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, we we make the case of, well, we'll continue to back off. Yes, we'll probably find some support, but... For right now, is there is there anything on the horizon that looks like we could see uh, a change in demand? Is it is it South America running out of corn? Is it some of these trade deals possibly getting signed? I mean, because we're we're still fighting the USMCA, mm-hmm. we're still waiting on Phase One details for China. Yeah, I mean, we're going to have some of these deals signed. You saw the Brazil price and U.S. price. They're actually converging back towards each other, so that's leading us to be less competitive. Uh, dollar's gone on a pretty good uh, pretty good one-day movement on Tuesday, so that's not helping our competitive case. So we're going to need to see something. Uh, we're going to need to see Brazil take some hits. Um, whether it's production. Or yeah, whether it's production or something along the lines, but we are getting better better moisture for them so yeah that's leaving in that problem a little bit and really after this wise report what do we have nothing really no we got through, holiday. The, through the yeah. end of the year we have we have nothing that really shows us any reason to expect mm-hmm. and something demand yeah and something else i'm i'm getting worried about is this talk about another government shutdown early next year they're starting to hint at that, and we saw last year it went on for a very long time, from December 22nd out to the, I think it was the end uh, of February. 35 days, something like that. Yeah, so you get one of those again, and, well, that January report that everyone's looking forward to, if we get the government shutdown all through January again, you're not getting that report when we're supposed to be getting it. Right. And that's something that should be monitored. It's worrisome to think that we could very well do that again. 
So there's and I, we're I, entering an election year, right? So I, I'm sorry for everyone listening that we're always so bearish here um, on on these issues, uh, but these these well, are the things you need to know. We're trying to be realistic, about right? Things. I mean, it, it's great to it's great to to see higher prices. It's I mean, absolutely every every broker that that's ever worked would say, I can. Do more with higher prices. Get the prices going higher. I can do more, mm-hmm. and and every farmer feels better about it. They're willing to to trade more. They're willing to to you know go out and buy a new tractor when prices are back above four dollars or or five dollars or six or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But the responsibility side of it is it's not always rainbows and sunshines. Right. We have to we have to make sure that we're telling you the the other side of things. And if that involves us saying that, hey, these numbers are not right when it comes to the estimates, that's one thing. We can't we can we can disagree with where the USDA is at all day long. Mm-hmm. But those are the numbers we have to trade, unfortunately. Right. And you know, if if the numbers that uh, that we get from the est- from the analyst estimates are, are too low, we have to we have to make sure that we're we're giving you guys the heads up and trading accordingly. Which means that if it's if in our minds it looks bearish, we need to do what we always do, which is try and help you protect a paycheck. Right. Yeah. Speaking back on that USGA point, you have. Yeah, people say, well, the USDA, the numbers are so wrong. I'm, I'm, I can't even believe it. No one, no one's going to trade those numbers. And in the same breath, go to, well, you got the big wigs in Chicago trading that's going to push everyone out. And it's because they're trading the numbers. They're trading the USDA numbers. Mm-hmm. They're plugging them into computers. The computers yeah. are telling them what they need to know. So, And that's why it's always important for when the USDA sends surveys out that they get answered accurately mm-hmm. not just you know a, a gfy but hey yeah uh, these are what i'm what i'm expecting or this is what i have uh and and hopefully that that's the case i know that's not the case talking to uh clients and talking to prospective clients that they don't necessarily trust what the usda is going to put out so they don't give them the accurate numbers well if you're not giving them the numbers that are going to be accurate you can't expect them to be accurate right <laughs> Well, today for Allendale Market Talk, Mike Lung, Greg McBride, you guys have a great one.